Welcome to Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck and co-host Reverends Bill Holton and Cher Holton. Discover practical applications to bring 21st century metaphysics to work in your life. Here's your host, Paul Hasselbeck. Welcome to another edition of Metaphysical Rom 2. I am the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasbeck around the virtual kitchen table, and I'm still in beautiful Fort Lauderdale, having yet another beautiful day in my consciousness. And of course, our friends are here. Hey, guys. Hi, this is Reverend Dr. Cher Halton on the Durham, North Carolina part of this wonderful virtual kitchen table. And it's another beautiful day in my consciousness. And I'm the Reverend Dr. Bill Holton. I'm also at the Durham end of our round table. And it is very definitely another beautiful, beautiful day in my consciousness as well. And as you guys know, and for those of you who don't know, Cher and I are the co-founders of an online unity ministry called the Universal Center for UniversalProsperity.org. And we spell universal, Y-O universal, because it really is about your spiritual growth and human happiness. Yes. And we're excited to say we have the .com and the .org sites now. So reflect our nonprofit status. And so you can get to us at ucfyp.org. You guys are just becoming fancy pants, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) We were told that we needed by our peeps, we should have a .org to reflect our nonprofit. And we decided they were accurate. I think it's a good idea. And I'm paulhasselbeck.com because I don't have a nonprofit status because I'm all about the profit. Oh, never mind. So you are a prophet. Sense. You are a prophet. That's I what I'm about. <laughs> well, you know, all of us, the three of us, have a prophet status. P R O P H E T status. Yes. There we go. Yeah. That kind of prophet. So uh, on my website, you will find my calendar as well as my weekly blog, The Absolute Word. And of course, we do one of those every week. And speaking of profit, I read something from, what's his name, Rohr, Richard Rohr? Richard Rohr, he's a Catholic priest. He does blogs and stuff anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He shared that most religions need both priests and prophets. And priests keep the law and keep the uh, ritual and all of that. And prophets are there to stir the pot, to rock the boat, to question laws and stuff like that. And cool. so you're right, Bill, that accurately describes the three of us. <laughs> it does. I was just going to say that sounds like a job description for us. <laughs> it does. So we are doing this series. I think we're on the fifth one on laws. And Cher, do you want to take that away? Yeah, sure. And we are stirring the pot with some of the, our comments around these, because this is something that was written quite a while ago. We don't know exactly when. And we want to be sure that we update it with our thoughts and perceptions and opinions. So here we go. We're going to do the law of growth to start the show off. Here's what the article says about law of growth. Quote, everything is moving toward its highest good. End quote. All things in the universe are in the process of becoming, including you. There are no purely static things in God's universe. Everything and everyone is evolving. This is true of an atom, of a continent, of the planet itself. It is especially true of humankind. 
God has created a living universe and anything that is living must be growing for growth means life. I think Cher wants to scream right now. <laughs> I, do, I sure don't want to I, say it. I yeah. sure do. All things in the universe are in the process of becoming, including you. Well, this quote is excluding the constants. The laws of the physical universe aren't changing. The constants of the physical universe aren't changing. Spiritual laws, the laws of mind aren't changing. The constants of the spiritual mind are not changing. So again, as is the case with a lot of metaphysical writers, there's a lack of precision, which then a person could then make the conclusion from this, then God is changing also. And of course, that's not a belief that I hold. No. They make it sound like the evolution is always toward growth, but some things are evolving toward extinction. Well, and, to and towards the end of a person's life, they're no longer growing. They right. are now shrinking. And of course, I don't believe God created this universe. I don't believe God created a living universe. And I don't think everything is growing. But a lot of things do grow. A lot of things do evolve. But we all probably have met a person that was devolving <laughs> and not growing. So mm -hmm. there's a lot to, to chew on here. Now, mm -hmm. is there a principle of growth or something like that or a tendency? I might be able to go along with that. And I'd also take the G-O-D word out of it because the G-O-D word tends to be, oh, well, let's just say anthropomorphized by most people, putting human qualities on this, what Sharon and I refer to now as the omnipresent universal reality, which is not anthropomorphic, yes. which might be closer to the truth. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm certainly hoping it is. <laughs> In other words, maybe we got it all wrong. <laughs> in our opinion, right? Yes. And I think just as an extension of law of growth and what that might actually mean, from a consciousness point of view, we can take action that helps us increase and grow in our understanding and awareness that leads to spiritual enrichment and then hopefully enlightenment. But that's a choice we make that allows it to happen. Yes. And again, that would go more to the principle. Yeah, we are boiling it down to this, mm -hmm. to more, it's more like a concept and a fact than a law. Which, mm -hmm. So just for clarity, a law tells us how things work. And so you could see why a person would call this a law, because whoever wrote this was saying that everything is growing and evolving. And we're just going, eh. Everything isn't growing and evolving. So it's a word, everything. Yes. Yes. Too expensive, yes. Everything is moving towards its highest good as the two planes crash into the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so 3,000 people died. I don't think they were moving towards their highest good. And I can hear the naysayer voices saying, well, we don't know. Maybe God meant that for their good. Maybe God called them home. All of those statements that frankly give God a break. So, and in so my it, mind, it gives him a bad name. And it gives him a bad name. <laughs> We're going to yeah. anthropomorphize him. Why would he do it that way? <laughs> yes, ex exactly. 
And in, in my way of thinking is that this thing we're calling the divine or spirit or our divinity, for me, the most useful way to look at it is it is the principle and law that then we're using in our consciousness to manifest whatever it is that we're manifesting. Great point. Mm-hmm. That's very, I, that yeah. was very clear. I like that way you said that. <laughs> okay, you want to move on to the next one? Sure. The next one everybody will be familiar with, I think, the law of visualization. I never never really heard it called a law, but this here it's called the law of visualization. One picture is worth a thousand words. When Jesus said to judge with right judgment, John 7, 24, he was talking about concentrical seeing or seeing from within. It is not settling on things as just the way they are, but visualizing them as they can be. True seeing is a flow of consciousness flowing from within. Thus, where you are in consciousness has everything to do with what you see and experience. If you have a sense of health or affluence, you place those stamps on everything you see in your world. Wow, this is interesting. So from in our first the first segment of the the first, what what are we calling these? Part one. (laughs) So in part one, we we talked about, we weren't really clear on where the origin of this is, but this idea of concentrical seeing is an Eric Butterworth concept. It is. I felt like I was quoting Eric Butterworth with that. So that could have come right from one of his books. I think it has. And uh, I like the idea of seeing from within, and we're always seeing from within. We're always seeing through the lens of our thoughts, ideas, beliefs, and images, feelings, emotions, perceptions, experiences, attitudes, <laughs> and sensations. Yeah. <laughs> My and sound effects. <laughs> and if we're truly working at a higher level of consciousness, I would even add an R to seeing and make it searing. Oh, that's good. Wow. Yes. Yes, you did it again. And I'm wondering, I don't think Eric Butterworth would have called it a law of visualization. Do you? This is the power of imagination. It is. That's what this is. This to me is another principle. Yeah. Or or divine idea. Yeah. Excuse me. I love the description. I actually like a lot of what's written there. I just didn't like it called a law. So yeah, this this sentence, where you are in consciousness has everything to do with what you see and experience. A see and experience and feel, right? I would have a feeling nature going on. And so we we could we can even go with the four functions of consciousness and think in terms of those four separate things which is thinking, feeling, sensing, and intuiting, where sensing would include the four senses or (laughs) the five senses. (laughs) Yes. And also where you are in consciousness has everything to do with what you see and experience doesn't necessarily mean that you're seeing and experiencing reality. You're seeing your reality, Mm. which may or may not be Compensatic with what is really real, if you will. And that's so, evident by people who can be in the same situation and have totally different experiences of it. 
exactly. So in this last sentence, whoever wrote this said, if you have a sense of health or affluence, you place those stamps on everything you see in the world. But that doesn't mean you're going to cause everything in the world uh -huh. to have health, affluence, right. or abundance. It's a way of seeing, and this is why it's visualization. This is why it's the power of imagination. Yeah. And you may not even experience it yourself yet. It, it's your conscious, it's a level of consciousness you have about your experience. The manifestation of health or finances is very different than your consciousness of health and finances. Right. And since we've been back adding that word around, it'd probably be a good idea just to take a moment and define it. So, so consciousness it's awareness plus arousal plus motivation. What that means is, so whatever we're, we're believing, that's the lens we're using to perceive our inner world as well as our outer world. And if we see something that we then have a response to, that's arousal. And we have to have enough arousal or head esteem in order to motivate ourselves to take action. So, yeah. so knowing that consciousness is those three things has been very important to, to the way I move through the world today. And I, I think it's important we also say that for a lot of people, the word consciousness has a synonym and it's called mind. And the problem with the synonym mind is maybe some of our listeners are thinking we're talking about brain, which is a physical thing, and we're not. Consciousness is not a physical thing exactly and, yeah and so to me here's another one that would be more of a principle or a divine idea or in this case the power of imagination mm -hmm. if i can go back a minute to what you just described because that was so beautiful with the the three parts of consciousness when people feel like they're working on something and get stuck it would be useful to go back to those three and see where am I, what am I missing here? I'm all doing all my awareness with the first one, but I don't have the energy around it. I'm, yeah. I'm missing that. Or I have lots of energy, but I haven't really clarified what it is. And, you know, it can really help you see why you might be stuck. Yeah, it, it breaks it down. And that's a very good point. And that, that arousal, that that the way in which we activate it made ourselves in response to what we're aware of is very important. Mm -hmm. I like so that. I think we can do this last one, Cher. Yes, I think so. The last one is law of increase. Oh, we like the way that sounds, don't we? <laughs> we law do. of increase. The, now here's the quote. Get ready. Take a breath. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. End quote. Why don't we stop there just for a second? <laughs> okay. So... The reason why I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I wanted to stop here, because when I read this this morning, I saw it very differently. The rich get richer because they have rich thoughts and feelings that activate them. So richerness is growing in their consciousness. And so they get richer. Well, the same is true of a poor person. A person who has lack or limitation thoughts through the law of mind action are growing those. They get a thought colony around being poorer or lack or however you want to call that. So this is true in consciousness. 
Absolutely. And then because it's true in consciousness, it actually becomes true in our in our experience. If we well, so wait a minute, you're right. In our inner experience. Mm-hmm. But in our outer ways, now we go back to your teaching that takes action, action. or activity. And so you're you have replaced the law of attraction with the law of manifestation, right? Mm-hmm. And isn't that what we're talking about here? Right. Yeah. What if this verse isn't talking about material possessions or money? Right. That, I don't that, think that, it is. That's, and that's what we're referring to. It doesn't refer to that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's powerful for everybody to get. Yep. I mean, absolutely. This has been worth stopping there just to clarify that because that sentence just grates on people. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it it makes it makes it sound like they're stuck. The yes. poor are stuck and the rich get richer. But what mm-hmm. it shows us is what we're so focusing on in consciousness grows in consciousness. Yes. And that you can change your mind. And that law is always working. It, it may not be working the way we want it to, but we then we, that's a clue to begin to evaluate what are we thinking and what right. are we thinking? So this is really a statement of the law of mind action which is thoughts held in mind with feeling produce more thoughts and feelings of the same kind. And that's exactly how it works. Powerful, powerful. Very powerful. So go ahead. Let's finish this share. Jesus talks about this law in Matthew 25, 29. Those who have are constantly affirming the abundance that they know is theirs. Acknowledge what you already have and that which is already yours then your wealth will increase. Our actions and behavior always support us in more wealth and abundance and or more lack and limitation. The choice is ours. Yeah, the choice is ours is so, so important. And there's some contradictions to this as well, because I've known people who are very rich and never believed they had enough. And Mm -hmm. so they had to keep working and working and working, even after they had millions of dollars. So it, it's not as black and white as it, as it is often taught. It's nuanced. And yes. isn't our thinking nuanced? And it's important that we layer those in. And yes. speaking of nuanced and layering things in, it's time for us to pivot to the absolute word, which is based on Sunday messages appearing in Daily Word, a copyrighted Unity publication, and has been used with permission. And of course, this is Sunday. February 12th, 2023, the word is compassion. One of my favorite words, acts of loving compassion warm my heart. Regardless of the form of my compassionate action, I am motivated to be of sacred service. I lean into the principles of love, generosity, and benevolence to bring love, compassion, and care into manifestation. Whether in my community or across the world, Many people face hardships. As a member of the human family, I'm inspired to undertake compassionate action and help however I can. At the same time, I remember self-compassion in the moments when previously I may have been hard on myself. Sometimes just a prayerful thought or a simple blessing can make a powerful impression in someone's life. Other times, I may be able to take more direct action. I may listen to someone deeply as they share the concerns of their heart, or I may volunteer to drive them somewhere or complete errands for them. Acts of loving compassion warm 
my heart. Mm. So this is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck signing off. Thank you, listeners. I hope you enjoy today's program. And goodbye, Cher. Goodbye, Bill. Goodbye, Paul. <laughs> and thank you. We, the three of us, love to come together and just have an opportunity to share with all of you. So thank you. This is Reverend Cher saying thanks for listening. And until we meet again, this is the Reverend Doc Bill, and we three invite you to make compassion one of your passions. <laughs>